Hello, everyone. Welcome to Hail Reaper. My name is Philip, and this is my good friend, Jeremy. What's going on, dude? I am chilling. And this is my regular friend, Mathar. What's going on, Mathar? I'll tell you what's going on. What's up? I'm almost finished with Morningstar. Yeah, yeah. And, um, Heck yes. Look at that. Almost. I'm almost finished with it. <laughs> That's about. I, I'm all, I'm sorry. By almost, I meant almost halfway finished with the book. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I see the bookmark. It's like right in the, almost, almost right center, but not quite. This book is everything I want from Red Rising. Like so far, first two books, garbage. Um, throwing, <laughs> throwing them out. Everything I thought was cool about the first two books, I'm throwing it out. Morningstar is the new standard. I want to cuddle Ragnar. I want Ragnar to just like bear hug me, but like very softly because I'm, I'm I'm fragile. Because <laughs> a bear hug might just like break your back, I'm guessing. I want Ragnar to put me on his shoulders. That's what I want. Perfect. <laughs> there we go. Let's do you it. Call me little one. Now, I don't remember the, the stats, <laughs> Philip, but uh, Morningstar is, is, I think, how does it come? Is it third for like uh, kind of fan favorite? I series? hope not. Is it third? Like, I, I think Golden Sun. Golden Sun is, is number one. Sometimes, like, it just depends on where you go. But No way Golden Sun is number so, one. So, okay. So, no if, way. You, if you look at Reddit and the other things where there's a lot of fan activity. Yeah, I don't know about Golden Sun thing. and Dark Age typically are up high. Correct. Morningstar is usually right below it. I mean, this is averages. That's what I said. Third. I'm just saying that those typically I see those at the top of any lists and then I see Morningstar just beneath it. Wouldn't that be third? Just like I said, when you, I guess when so. you told me no, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not third. It's right behind the first two. I thought about this a lot. This is the one right here. Yeah, this, yeah. Is this, take. Is, this is the take. Um, I, <laughs> so I've thought about this a lot myself and I actually posed this on our discord. I was like, do I like Morningstar more than I like Golden Sun, everybody? And then I just waited for people to tell me what I liked better because, like, I just don't what know. What made you so indecisive? Yeah. I don't know. I can't figure it out. I can't figure which one I like better. Maybe I'll change on the reread, but, like, I struggled with the first book, I think, circumstantially. Things were going on in my life, yeah. and it was hard, and the audiobook was not as good as, like, reading it. Second book, okay, I'm falling in love with this. Third book is, like, whoa this is so good every single page is like a painting it is so yeah. good it's combining all of these aesthetics and vibes and it's covering so much ground to me it feels like the world's opening up so yeah i'm in love with the book so far two things jeremy where does morningstar rank for you like and if you're in your pantheon of red rising i was actually just thinking about that i i'm sure i've said it on the podcast before but it probably slots in at two or three for me see it's hard yeah I can't decide if I, but mine is is the quandary of Dark Age. It's do I like oh, Dark Age more? Okay. And I thought you were talking about Golden Sun versus Morning Star, but you're talking about Dark Age versus I'm, Morning Star. Yeah, I am. Okay. How could anyone possibly like Golden Sun more than Morning Star? That's what I want to know. Someone give me an argument. What's better about Golden Sun than Which, Morning Star? Throw it to the Discord, people. When you hear this uh, answer, Matthew. I'm not question. trying to be a hater. That is that is asked in like like truly yeah, yeah. like as I'm reading the books for the first time, I'm like, oh dang, this is an amazing book. This is so 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 good. And I would have thought until I read, started reading this book that Golden Star, I could see why everybody liked Golden Sun. Mm -hmm. But now that I'm reading Morningstar, I was like, how can you like, maybe it ends crappy? I don't know. Yeah, you <laughs> don't know yet. It's got a terrible We're ending to the first anything. trilogy. But like, I, I'm just like, how, what about this book goes so wrong that nobody likes <laughs> it better than Golden Sun? Because so far, two thumbs up from Mathar. Well, um, this is not a spoiler, but at the end of Morningstar, Aragorn 
says, you bow to no one, and all the people bow to the hobbits, and that's, oh, wow. that's okay, how it ends. I thought you were going to say they're all dead, and it's like, that's like lost. Oh, it's lo- yeah, it's like, I told you as a joke yesterday, I was like, hey, at the end of Morningstar, it's like Lost, they all died a long time One ago. One of the most disappointing uh, endings ever. Oh, that was just a oh, big okay. spoiler for Lost, but that's been out for over 10 years. You so deserve that. You deserve and that. You, really and you do. know what? We just saved you like 10 years of your life. How many seasons? Six? Seven? Uh, I don't know. Six too many, because uh, if, if that was the ending. I actually liked the first three seasons. Season, yeah, seasons one and two for me are amazing after that it kind of jumps the shark i think that was the last tv show that i watched like appointment viewing tv yeah for you oh, i was so hooked yeah i remember when i started that show do you guys want to just make a lost podcast real quick yeah let's do it <laughs> so when i first started watching it I had rented it from Blockbuster. Oh my gosh. And, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't age me. Why not Hollywood me. Video? Why Blockbuster? <laughs> oh my God. So, I, <laughs> and it was. <laughs> that sentence is the worst. I have to go. I have to go. I can't be on this anymore. I can't do this. I quit. <laughs> There's still Blockbuster. There's I'm one Blockbuster open. This is my midlife open. crisis. I'm okay. done. There's one I'm Blockbuster done. open still in Bend, Oregon. Shouts to that Blockbuster. What? Yeah. It was like the I don't only know wh- franchise or something? I have no idea why, but it's still in existence what in Bend, Oregon. What do they do? I, they rent videos like and DVDs. Their adult section is like their whole store? <laughs> <laughs> I could be entirely wrong about this, but from what, what I remember reading is that it was about an accessibility thing. Once broadband and like Netflix and things became more accessible... By that time, almost all of them were gone. So it was like a preservationist thing, like a historical thing. People yeah. were like, this is like, this might be the last blockbuster. <laughs> it's kind of like for when we go to Big Sur, Jeremy, like there's, yeah. there's no internet there. And so it makes sense that there's like a video store you can rent like a DVD. I hate to tell you this, Philip, but I think it did eventually close. I, I don't think it's Are still you, open. Oh my gosh, that breaks my heart. Uh, the state, because I saw a Reddit story where they were talking about it finally closing and like end of an era and all this stuff, but like Man. pretty remarkable. Okay, so you rented Lost from Blockbuster. <laughs> Back Keep to going. Lost. Back to Lost. I rented the first disc and I watched the first episode uh, not knowing what it was because yeah. uh, I, I shared like a subscription to those like where you could rent one and then go back and turn it yes, in and rent I, another My parents one. had that and I used that, yeah. Yeah, and so I shared that with, a, with my roommate. I also lived in a garage at the time. <laughs> That's a separate story. <laughs> We'll get to that, but yeah. I lived in I lived in a tent in a garage. I couldn't afford oh my gosh. like a proper room and board. So a friend of mine rented her garage to me, and I set up a tent inside. <laughs> anyway, why? I, the t- I don't understand <laughs> the tent. Well, because it was like the privacy, garage wasn't bro. like a room. Yeah, it was just a garage, and like I didn't have privacy. People had to like come through the garage, so like I was just living in the garage, watching Lost. And it wasn't like it wasn't like my room. It was like. The garage where Mathar sleeps. And also, I wasn't the only person in it. In it. So, so like, you're watching Lost like... in a garage in a tent. Is this, is I it... wasn't in the tent okay. while I was watching the garage. Oh, dang. That would have been bad. Watching <laughs> Lost. God, this podcast, th- this community knows way too much about my life now. <laughs> yeah, um, more than, more really than Jeremy and I. We've been doing this for a little bit longer, too. I'm, I'm really interesting, people. You should love me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I rented it, watched the first episode, and I liked it so much. I like paused it. And then as soon as my roommate got home. The garage roommate? Or did this person live in the house? They lived in the garage too. Okay, okay. (laughs) That's why another reason I had the tent. Because, you know. For sure. Privacy. I said, we have to watch this show. 
<laughs> like made him watch the first episode and then we just watched the other five episodes and then literally as soon as blockbuster opened up again the next morning we went straight to blockbuster <laughs> and got the next disc and came home and binged it and went back that same day and got the third disc Whoa. and came home and binged it it was like this weird addiction it like it was kind of at the early onset of that golden age of television mm -hmm. right when yeah. shows started to get really immersive and it was like oh, dang, I like have to see every single episode of this show immediately. To this day, I regret that. You regret? Oh, because of how it ended. <laughs> it's yeah. so bad. Yeah. To this day. So just to anybody out there is like, oh, you just spoiled it for me. It's like, no, I really didn't. You There's saved your life. Yeah. I regret more than all of the time I spent watching that show. <laughs> there you go. And we've come full I, circle I, to that I crappy still, <laughs> I still don't know what the Darman Initiative really is. I still No one does. Yeah, Philip. I have no idea. You Make it whatever you want. It won't yeah. change the outcome. It won't change <laughs> anything about the story. You can literally make up like a whole backstory for that thing. And it literally would not affect the plot one bit yeah let's do it let's write that we're oh, creative geez. i like this oh wait what will we call it what will we call it real quick i Found. have an idea but i want to know <laughs> <laughs> yes okay okay i'm into it fan fiction found found yes <laughs> my idea is worse yours is way better okay <laughs> oh god so um this is weird we normally don't do this no this is new and it's fun just to get on and talk and, and chit chat and riff raff and all those things with you guys because these are the kind of conversations that we would have in a normal phone call when we do our three-way phone calls on every Wednesday morning. So if you guys want to call us Wednesday morning, we have our we'll meetings. We'll patch you in. Patch you in. Why not? Well, our regular phone calls are every Wednesday morning and then our like 10 non-regular phone calls ah, yeah. are just like all sandwiched. When I, call, when I call Mathar 10 times with ideas and then I call Jeremy 10 times with ideas and it's just... I call you too. I call no. you too. Now we leave each other. We're like so respectful. We like leave each other voicemails on e via email, like voice memos <laughs> yeah. via email and literally just respond to those. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it doesn't interrupt any flow because Mathar is busy got work to do and i have the kids so sometimes it's just better if we just like take voice memos and we email them to each other i don't know if you knew that jeremy that's that's how we communicate our ideas i do we not don't care what jeremy's doing fine. so we interrupt him anytime <laughs> yeah like we, yeah. jeremy's we probably the no most busy <laughs> like we call him and like what's Way up dude like, he's like i'm 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 in a meeting like i don't care i got this idea you got kids i got a full-time job he has full-time job and kids and we're like yeah <laughs> jeremy's time is fine it's good yeah. He's the only person who knows how to manage his time, though. That's like, oh, that's to very be true. fair. Like, yeah. he's the only one of us that knows anything about time management and actually looks at clocks. So that's, <laughs> I, I think, fair to, mm -hmm. like, challenge him. Mm -hmm. I get it. I was challenged the other day. I mean, I was on a conference call, and I was up against a roll call, and Phil was just spilling this amazing idea and i'm like hey dude quick shut up shut yeah. up i gotta go off mute in my office <laughs> and he was like oh hey what's up steve i'm here and then he went back and he went back on mute and then i finished my idea that's uh, the thing i'd be bothered if like philip's ideas were all amazing it's like if you call me and i'm like okay okay you gotta make it quick philip and then i'm on the call with you 30 minutes later it's because it's really good like i have to talk through it yeah we do that a lot. we to like to talk um well wait this is getting too gushy um oh. so are we going to get into a little bit of like what why we're having a podcast that's not about more morningstar in, more informal just a yeah yeah i think we'll do that we're gonna we're gonna do that soon we're gonna dive into that but i have something that i've been dying to ask you guys and then we'll get to that kind of greater why are we here Can't why wait. are we having a podcast right now 
I want to give a shout out to my guy Fractal. Fractal is a, a member of our Discord, uh, one of our patrons. He comes up with these amazing questions each week that we get to answer in our Discord and we get to talk about. And I thought it'd be super fun to bring them off of that Discord and into some of our conversations about Red Rising. So again, shout out to Fractal and here we go. Since Darrow is our only POV, we don't get to hear about or see or read all the events that happen in Red Rising. Sometimes an event will happen off screen or off page and we only hear, hear about it like secondhand, maybe from Severo, maybe from Mustang, you know, the burning of Rhea, for example. You know, we hear about that a lot, but we don't actually, we never saw it because it happened before the story for one, but it also wouldn't have happened in our story because Darrow wasn't a part of that, wasn't there. So what is one scene or one event in the Red Rising series that's canonized that you would want Pierce Brown to write about? I'm going to ask Mathar to go first. Okay. <clears throat> This was hard for me. For, first of all, amazing question. I didn't understand the wording of it at first when you first mentioned it to me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, that's kind of cool, I guess. Like uh, just a scene that we want to see like in real life, like on a TV show, but clarifying, I had never considered that. Like something that I know happens that I don't get, like it's not described and, mm -hmm. and painted out in the books. So the most interesting thing to me that I have not seen yet, and this is from somebody who hasn't finished the series, almost finished with the first trilogy, the most amazing setting that I have not heard described yet is Earth. I am so curious about what Earth looks like, about what mm -hmm. is going on in Earth. I, two of my favorite characters are from Earth. In my mind, broadcast loves Earth. And I just want to know what it looks like now, what's happened. So the scene that is mentioned in the books that we don't get to see is the first Iron Rain, the the invasion of Earth by uh, you're not, you're like going way back, yeah, way like, back, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah, like yeah. the history of like history, Red Rising lore, like what? The, sorry, was it was it meant to be like compartmentalized into like just like a current event? No, not at oh, all. No, this is a great answer. No, I just, I yeah. was just like caught off guard. I was like thinking, wait, 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 wait. And then it just took me a second. Like to the original that. Iron Rain, that yeah. was like the one that like, that uh, basically took Earth and mm -hmm. began when, the society. When, right? Yeah, when Luna rebelled from Earth. Yes. Dang. That's a good I answer. just think that was like the Iron Rain, Darrow's Iron Rain is described in such detail and it's so visceral. And yet there's so much left unsaid about it because it's almost in this way where like, Darrow's not explaining to you like what an Iron Rain is. It's just like the way he's talking about it. You know, he's read about the Iron Rains that have happened over the years, like since the first one, right? Like what yeah. an Iron Rain the is and like whatever, yeah. why they happen to conquer. Right, yeah, exactly. So he knows all about that history. And we have the benefit of just like like living vicariously through his experience. But still, it doesn't say, there's so much unsaid about what goes into that, how it became like a thing, how they even mm -hmm. planned the first one. And so knowing that the invasion of Earth from like by Luna was the start of the society and it started with an iron rain, that must have been terrifying. Oh my gosh. Like now everybody on Mars knows, oh, it's an iron rain and they're broadcasting about it. And everybody in the <laughs> in the solar system knows like, oh, they're they're doing an iron rain on uh, uh, Mars. And uh, imagine not knowing what that is or having a term for it. And just men in iron, like raining down from the sky and yeah. just laying waste to your entire civilization. Men and women in iron, right? Like, whoo. That's that to me is so intense. Sometimes it's fun to 
get that Darrow experience where Darrow is telling you about something that you feel like you should know about, it kind of draws you in, right? Like, I, I feel that way. I feel like exactly. Darrow kind of brings like, me into, like, this knowledge of something and that happens. doesn't hold your hand too much, right? Exactly. It's just kind of like, oh, this is a thing. This is what's happening. Doesn't explain it to you. You'll get it in, through context clues, right? Mm-hmm. I love that. Jeremy, you actually, like, kind of like this old Red Rising lore that we're not going to say any spoilers, because, but there's, like... There's stuff that happens in the second trilogy where it talks about like crashed ships. Yeah, the USS that, Davy Crockett. USS That's Davy not Crockett. a spoiler or anything like that. Yeah. But it, it just it, that alone uh, has me extremely interested in the this lore is your, like, and, and everything surrounding oh, that. I love yeah, that. Yeah, this is your so Pierce much. Brown. I got to ask about the USS Davy Crockett question. I'm right? a lore monger for sure. Yeah, I, I'm so hoping they have like some sort of battle scene in the mountains, you know, of Luna where they just. I see them like uh, like fighting throughout the skeletal remains of that USS DB Crockett and, and mm-hmm. just kind of nodding toward it, but not really confirming that's what it is. Yeah. I think that would just be like amazing. That's that's on my dream list from Pierce. This is a good answer, Mathar. It invokes a lot of like, again, it's that lore and like this. It'd be something that would I would love Pierce Brown to write up and canonize it. I've actually heard Pierce Brown talk about this. He is not into prequels and he's been asked if he was going to do any prequel work. And he seems hesitant when he's asked on interviews. So we might not ever get anything like that, but it would it would be truly fascinating because people like us that are obsessed with Red Rising, we we want to experience that. We want to experience like how the world came to be. This is the start of the society, but I'm not sure if we'll ever get it. Uh, I still think that it would be fun to hear about. I have a lot of speculation, even at this point, about what a TV show will look like and, mm-hmm. and things that will be depicted. This seems like the kind of thing that... Um, since I know I haven't read it yet, I have a copy of it right here, hardcover yeah. mm-hmm. uh, collection of the first the first volume oh, of sweet. Uh, Sons of Aries. And I know it's mentioned in this book, uh, at least. Um, so I, I feel like it will be the kind of thing we'll see as they're talking about the history of the society, right? Like laying yeah. the groundwork, maybe not right in the beginning. I don't think it'll be like a, like a, a prologue or anything, but I, I think... At some point where they're talking about the history of the society, we'll get to see flashbacks of like the, the Iron Ring yeah. on Earth, you know, like I, I think that could happen. And I think it would be amazing. Like every every Superman story always starts with right. Kal-El, Kal-El getting yeah, his parents are like, Snyder's directing okay, see you later, son. Sure and it's, it's gonna happen. always the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, and then you jump forward and then he's Superman, but it's always, they always have to feel like they have, they're beholden to showing that initial, the crash of the planet and they send Kal-El out. Um, so it'd be like that. And I think that, I think Pierce is smarter than that to do it that way. I think that it wouldn't happen or manifest that way. I think you're right. It would kind of be woven into this, like, um, if it was, if it was turned into the show, it'd be woven into like the greater season or greater seasons rather than just like the start of the first episode, like the pilot episode. I don't think, I don't think Think of like all the moments, all the, all all the opportunities when Darrow is just kind of like sitting and we get so many moments where his inner monologue is talking about the start of the society and wars that have been won and lost, you know, like I think bringing some of those thoughts into like, say a moment where they're sitting around like a fire or they like at the Institute or they Mm -hmm. are sharing drinks late at night and talking about like everything that has led to this point. And then we just, we see, you know, some of those like historical moments as they're discussing them or remembering what they've read, how the society got to where it is and and what comes yeah. next after the fall. So I think there's a lot of opportunities for that. But yeah, I'm fingers crossed that I'll get to see that someday. But that's that's mine. 100%. I think that's an amazing answer. I, I'm curious to see what Jeremy's answer is for the same question. What do you got, man? Same. So I have two. Uh, the first one's short. It's just the morbid side of me. 
actually wants to see the passage with Priam. Mm. Ooh. Severo and Priam? Yes. Oh my gosh. And just see how that went down and how the best of the society was bested mm-hmm. <laughs> by this scrappy little half red. Oh yeah. I, I, I think it'd be a fun, well, fun is probably not the right <laughs> word. So fun, I like guys. using the wrong words when, when I speak. Uh, <laughs> no, tell us how you really feel, you <laughs> sociopath. <laughs> Pretty much. It'd be horrible, but very entertaining at the same time to be in on that. So the probably more long form, more proper answer <laughs> that there doesn't make me look like a sociopath. Yeah. I have a is, sociopathic answer too, by the way. So we're good. We're, perfect. Yeah. Okay, that'll make me feel better. Great. Okay. So I feel safe. I'm in Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> it parallels with the fact that if I had an alternate POV, uh, I would in fact want to see book one through Quinn's eyes. Yeah. You mentioned this before. This is such a good, I love this call out. Yeah. So that's what I would want to see. And specifically, I, I not only think that Quinn could shed light on a lot of gold society and kind of where they came from before. Cause obviously Darrow covers, you know, infiltrating society, mm-hmm. but how the rest of the kids kind of gain notoriety kind of yeah. come to the Institute. What did that process look like for actual gold society? But more importantly, once Darrow is, is run through with a sword from our friend Cassius yeah. and left for dead and he's rehabilitating with Mustang, like what happens? That's a massive part of the the entire institute yeah. that's that's completely missing. Like House Mars, what happens at House Mars is what you're saying. Yeah, there's so much play going on between mm-hmm. the houses. There's certain houses that I actually believe are completely eliminated during that time. Mm-hmm. And I think there's just great, for lack of a better word, like screenplay that could go on there and be really a great read. Well, there's this thing, you know, like where Cassius and Quinn are pretty chummy, you mm-hmm. know, and, and he has a crush on her and whatever. But when you get back with Darrow, to House Mars, she's now with Roke. And so what you know, what happened there? I mean, there's obviously tells and hints, but like how did that fall apart and what did that look like? Exactly. And, yeah. There's, I get that. There's just a lot of story and context that's missing. And you could discover all of that through a Quinn POV. Mm-hmm. So that's my argument right there. I've said this before that like I'm so desperate for other POVs than than Darrow's. I I mean I think Darrow as like a main character works extremely well given his background, his, his place in the story. But man, I, I would give anything to see some of those other perspectives directly. And I hope that in another telling of this story, we get that. So yeah, I, I think that's an excellent, uh, excellent choice. I would want to see the draft from someone else's perspective in the Institute draft. We know Daryl's mm-hmm. picked 10th. I want to know where Mustang was picked. And I want to know where Adris is picked because we don't mm-hmm. really have a numeric uh, sense of what that went like Mustang says to Daryl, like she teases him. It's like, I was drafted higher than you, but we have no clue. We don't know Cassius, what, what number Cassius was either. We know that they're all high drafts, but that doesn't give us a, a number. I'm curious what that would look like. Yeah. You're such a nerd. God, you're such a nerd. Hey, yo. I love this. This is so telling <laughs> of you and your personality. And I love it. It's so good. Well, you know, I love basketball. You know, the, you I know do the, know that. So, so drafting is a big thing for me. Like <laughs> yeah. I love like drafts and I love like where people go and what that rank looks like. And so like rankings and lists within sports are a big deal for me. So when I can apply that to my my second or first favorite book series, I'm so nerdy for that. So nerdy. Let me ask you a question. Do you picture this like, okay, again, going back to say a TV show, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, whether it's a, or a movie or something like that, another telling of the story. Do you picture it kind of being like a, 
a very action-packed like televised thing where like everybody's watching as like you know or do you see it being like this very private ceremony where it's like mm -hmm. it's only golds and yeah how, how do you picture this being like do you like televised or 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 private well i mean only golds would have access to something like this but from the hints in the book, it looks like that is a very private thing. And that's the way I picture it, too, because of Pierce Brown's hints. I'll take you guys back to the scene where Lorna Arcos is actually in that moment. But you don't really see Lorne. It's just more of a reference that Daryl makes because Lorne is part of House Mars. He's like a um, alumni of House Mars. And so what happens is you have the drafters confer with the proctor. And Lorne is one of those drafters and Fitchner is the proctor that makes the selection. This happened with House Mercury. House Mercury wanted to take Darrow, but then was overridden by his drafters. It seems like the drafters have a huge amount of influence. So I see it being this private, almost cult-like ceremony, actually, Mathart, to your point. Like, I don't, I see it being very dark and kind of mysterious and okay. no televisions uh, or HCs, excuse me. It's just very like mysterious feeling maybe with spotlights kind of almost like pushing that person forward and like a drop light comes on to that person uh and then they they like examine them they go over their test scores they go over like okay i love this i don't know if that's canon but i'm <laughs> no, that's that so great I'm, that's part of energy that's mostly uh some interjection but part tiny bits of canon. right i'm saying like even if that weren't canon it's now how i want to picture it right yeah. like even if that like if pierce has some totally separate like thing in mind like your perspective of how that would work is so interesting to me i i, I think okay so someone i don't know it, how we met them i think i saw them through discord is doing like uh, an institute red rising games type thing mm -hmm. right like organizing an actual like in-person meetup and if they don't do their draft like that then they're they're <laughs> messing up i think they, they absolutely need to take your it's your, ritualistic your consultation into consideration yeah, there's a it, it feels very ritualistic to me. Like it feels like totally like secret society, like stonecutter status. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, because this is the the idea of peerless guard is like society within society, right? Mm -hmm. It's a sector, a faction much so. of golds within the society of golds, right? And so this is like the elite of the elites. It's crazy. Yeah, I love this. I have an answer for the same question that I want to throw at you guys. This is a short answer. I don't even it doesn't even need a lot of explanation or exploration because we kind of feel it and we kind of like. There's something that is like invoked by Darrow, the fear of it, the the visceral kind of attitude that he has towards it. When we talk about how Adrius was at the Institute and he collapsed his own mind, uh, or he collapsed the mine or the caves that he went into, he not only tried to collapse it on House Vulcan, which was the, the house that was chasing House Pluto in, it killed some of his own house members, but then killed House Vulcan or a, a big swath of those people. But then it comes into this place where they're now, they turn into cannibals. And weirdly, I want to see that whole little storyline. I want to see it whether I I might not get it in a book because I probably won't ever get it like a, a Adrius POV in a book. So Pierce is probably never going to write that. But that's my answer for this question. And I hope that I get to see something like that in the show. That is super morbid. I get it. But that's my answer. I just want to see. It's kind of Lord of the Flies, right? It's a little exactly. bit like Lord of the Flies. It's It's very much that like, children playing at being grown-ups and doing literally anything it ha they have to do to like try to form some kind of like societal survival like structure yeah. yeah to survive they talk about that a lot in the books like in off the page 
like it's it's mentioned a lot and it's even mentioned up in the morning star like it's still something that comes up but so it's not like a secretive event like mathar's choice here was like i want to see the first iron rain like from luna to earth like that is like not really that vetted out or not that explored but yeah. this one is mine my selection is very well explored you know what um, happened you, you know and you yeah you know a lot how it went down yeah <laughs> but i want to i want to see it or i want to read about it specifically read about it, it. <laughs> oh, a little barbecue sauce on oh, that. That's gross. <laughs> hey, can I can I jump in here? Go for it. So huge shout out to Fractal. You already said that, but thank you so much for letting us bring this question to the podcast because up until now these questions uh which are weekly on the on the Discord and in the the Strawberry Rising community, as we call them, mm-hmm. our Strawberry Risers. These weekly questions are so provocative. And, you know, every if you've ever been part of a Discord community, you know, it, it, it goes through lulls. There are days and weeks when it's a little slow, but guaranteed a question of the week hits uh, on like Monday morning, a question hits the Discord and conversation, you know, people come to life and love answering these. And I've had a lot of fun seeing everybody's responses. So one of the reasons we're bringing this here is because we want to hear all of your responses to this. So on Instagram, on Twitter, you know, heck, if you want to email us, um, or if you want to actually answer a question, you can jump on to the Discord by joining our Patreon community. So that's another reason we wanted to like do this is because a lot of this stuff that happens inside the Discord is only available to patrons. And while we love the tightness of that community, we want it to be open to everybody. So consider checking it out. It's, um, five dollars a month to join you get a backlog of uh content you get like cool digital downloads of artwork that's been designed for past seasons and then we'll continue to add to that as the show grows and develops check it out you can be a part of like those conversations as they're happening in real time and if you're somebody who can't do that right now or aren't really interested in that kind of thing if discord's not really your bag look for these questions on the podcast um at least for now while we're not doing like morning star discussions and uh holler at us with your answers let us know what your favorite scene is that was maybe mentioned but not described and uh I, I i'm really excited to see what people come up with i am so glad you brought that up mathar because i was on twitter a little while ago and i don't know if you knew this but nate silver actually put out a statistic he said that 83 percent of podcast listeners want to donate one thousand dollars per month but don't know how I mean, I can't even believe that stat. I don't know much about statistics, but it must be right. Like, it has to be right because I'm not somebody who's smart enough to argue against that. And, uh, yeah, seems seems logical. <laughs> Why wouldn't you want to do that? I mean, it's Nate Silver. You invoked Nate Silver. That's hilarious. Oh, my God. He's great. Hey, I don't even know who Nate Silver is. He's an amazing statistician, but a lot of people have very mixed feelings about it. I just proved my point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And by the way, that's not true, but <laughs> no, I think I'm what, cutting that what part of it out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who says it's not true, Jeremy? <laughs> All we're saying by uh, just goofing off and telling you guys, we really do want to expand our Patreon and we want to include as many people as possible, like add you to the family, to the strawberry rising and fruit will live on, live for fruit. Let's take a break real quick <laughs> and we'll come back and we'll talk more about what's coming up next with Hail Reaper. Hail Reaper is brought to you this week by Turigian Law. If you're seeking legal counsel or you're in a situation that you're not sure how to handle, Turigian Law might just be the answer. They offer a free consultation to assess your situation because not every attorney is the right professional for the job. 
The great thing about Tarigian Law is that there's no doublespeak, no confusing language, no upfront commitment. It's just a conversation with someone who wants to understand what you're going through and help you get to the next step. Getting started is easy. Just call 559-627-5399. That's right, it is a Terran number, and Terran is, of course, the best. Or visit TarigianLaw.com on the whole net. That's T-O-R-I-G-I-A-N-L-A-W.com. No matter the circumstance, we all deserve peace of mind. So stop sitting with the uncertainty and get the advice you need today. Once again, that's T-O-R-I-G-I-A-N-L-A-W.com or call 559-627-5399. Tarigian Law. The advice you need, minus the BS. We are back from break. We are here to talk about what Mathars alluded to earlier. The future of the show. The future. We wanted to take some time to kind of recalibrate and to, to kind of cue people into what's going on next and what's going to be happening. Uh, we just have some, like, they're like, I guess, kind of announcements, but we just want to talk through them and just kind of explore them almost together. Like, this is a conversation that we actually saved that we would have had in our morning phone call, but we were like, hey, let's just do it on the podcast, which was kind of a crazy idea. But we're excited to have this conversation because it will be like, part podcast, part Hail Reaper meeting at the same time. <laughs> so I want to kind of address some things that uh, I want to talk about is uh, Morningstar. I mean, I think that people can understand our excitement. Mathar lately has been bringing this book up because of Mathar's excitement for it and my excitement for it. Again, almost wrestling with the idea of like, do I love this book more than I love Golden Sun, which is a book I thought I love. But I think that Mathar, I think your experience of reading this book and calling out all the individual moments that are so good has made me even more excited to create within that space. Therefore, making the book more enjoyable for me. And one thing I'm learning about Red Rising as a whole is that how I always was really emotionally connected to the series, always, but more so with Morningstar. It's a conclusion to an original trilogy, but there's just something about it that it feels cathartic and it feels like, it just feels right. It feels like ripe for a place to create in for us. And and we have a lot of ambitious ideas. We're not going to get into all those today because we want to keep some of those, um, you know, like within those working conversations. But season three is like one thing we're kind of moving off of that. We called Golden Sun season two, and we referred to that a lot, actually. But we're kind of moving into this thing where we want to start just calling this the Morning Star event. Like that's how our internal kind of uh, dialogue is going. It's It's an event because we're really treating it that way. And I think that's just the first place I want to start. We don't know when it's going to come out, but I want to throw it to you guys. Like, what are some things we can say that you're excited for about creating for this Morningstar book and for this fan community that that loves this book so much? So I, I don't know if Mathar or Broadcast or if they're all one and the same, but somebody is mixing this amazing intro <laughs> for the Morningstar event. And they're going to kill it mm-hmm. because Mathar, you got these amazing analog synths Ooh. and I haven't even heard anything. I, I, I'm like dying to hear just You're more bones. excited than I am than on this. Yeah. I really am. I just want to oh, hear yeah. the bones of it and just hear it thumping. I would hold it up for everybody. If you, if we were doing this on video, I would be holding this up for, so everybody could see just how beautiful these toys are there. I got an analog duophonic synthesizer that's going to be so all of the bass lines that i did um like digitally for the last one were i yeah digitally i guess i, I did them like they're they're soft sense right virtual sense they are all going to be analog baby you're going to have that warm rich fatty tone mm. 
So good. <laughs> Please send the bones. I just I have to hear it. <laughs> yeah. Matthew, you actually you texted us. I don't know if it was me or the group, and you were like, I want to write almost all the music for this. Like, I don't want to borrow songs per se. I want to be like the author of the music for the Morningstar event. Is that correct? Am I misremembering that? No, you're not. I, I So for season two, we ended up needing a lot more music than I think I anticipated. So when I went into it, I was like, yeah, I can compose a few pieces for, you know, the Golden Sun discussions. And uh, it ended up being a little overwhelming. And so we just like immediately started looking for better stock music that we could find to fill in all the gaps. And I found some incredible stuff. I'm so happy with the way that our Golden Sun episodes sound. But I am so inspired by the book and the playlist that I put together while I'm reading the book. I'm like, oh, I got to like get my hands on as much of the music for the Morningstar event as I can, because I just I have all these ideas. And where are they going to go if I don't <laughs> make it myself? <laughs> so I still want to like use music that we have like cataloged and archived for you know, the ad reads and stuff like that. Like I definitely want to incorporate other music from other people into it. But a lot of those more big emotional moments or the sound beds and soundscapes, like, oh, I'm just so like obsessed with these new sounds and these new ideas that I don't think I'm going to be able to resist. So another reason it's probably going to take a while. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to write some, uh, I already have actually some like guitar riffs that I want to have yes. and send to you. You can chop them and sample them. So I'll, like I'll screw those babies right up. Yeah, I know. Because I'm excited because I have... And like you, you have like these big emotions for the book. And as we are all musicians, and that's one of our biggest kind of like creative, uh, I don't know what you call it, like a creative, like just it's, it's in our person, you know, we're musicians like by nature a lot in a lot of ways. And Noodlers, so really, you know, yeah, I, I think that's better term. Got a um, <laughs> yeah. So like, I think that like, I want to transfer that into my guitar as well. And I want people to like, when I'm talking about X character, X event with inside Morningstar, I want to like be able to like send math art, like a, a little clip or a little noodle as you call it. <laughs> yeah. And then I want you to just mess with it and then like put it into this space where it's like more about, it's more than just me talking about a character or a scene. It's like my actual genuine expression along with yours, math art. And we're creating, we're not just talking about this book we're creating for this book. I think that's a really important thing to do. And I think a lot of people do that in different ways. Like there's not one way to do it. We have, I mean, look at, look at PB doodles, look at sushi Western, look at all these people yes. that look at, look yeah, at yeah, miles, yeah. look at, they, they create beautiful pieces of work on Instagram and they, that's, that's their way of doing it. And this is going to be our way of doing it. Like bringing it to life, making it cathartic to live through. Right. And you said it's, it's so important. I mean, what we're here to talk about is the future of the show and, you know, things are kind of evolving as we're going along and we're working together more and more. And we, what everybody's like hearing right now is exactly why we're changing. Because one, we all have these insane ideas about what we're going to do with Morningstar, right? Like when we cover it and how everything we learned from Golden Sun, those episodes and everything there, it's like translating to all these new ideas for, for Morningstar and realizing that we just might need more time and mm -hmm. you mentioned at the very beginning of, the, of this segment, Philip, that we're talking about what we want out of like the future of the show. And one thing I want is not to stop talking about these things and not to stop talking about Red Rising, because even though Morningstar might be kind of far away, it's like, uh, you know, I'm still going to be finished with the book 
like in the next week or so, and I'm going to want to talk about it. You know, and I'm going to want to talk about Red Rising, <laughs> yeah. and I'm I'm, I'm going to read the Sons of Ares graphic novel, and I'm going to want to talk about that. So it's like there's this desire to keep making content, to keep doing things in the space while we let that stuff cook, right? Because we realized halfway through Golden Sun, like we just didn't give ourselves enough time to explore all the possibilities. And while I'm yeah. really proud of how it turned out, I'm realizing that like, I don't want to rush these this next arc, this next event that we want to do, which th that's what we're referring it to as is uh, like an event that is upcoming. So, so that kind of gets us into like the idea of like what's changing with the show. Hopefully the show just keeps going. And from now on, you know, maybe Hell Reaper is just a, you know, regular i don't know what weekly bi-weekly monthly whatever it's a consistently regular show that every now and then has an event like morningstar or you know iron gold or whatever where we we, mm -hmm. we break from this weekly discussion this weekly like chat and hang out to get deep into like those like big moments those like emotional visceral evocative pieces of literature that inspire all the sound design and these immersive yeah. sort of like 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 soundscapes that we want to keep making so like using the text itself to really like fuel our inspiration but yeah. like as opposed to these talks these talks are just fun we're hanging out like you know we yeah. we answered fractal's question we're taking those things out of our discord from strawberry rising which is yeah. again strawberry rising is our as our discord community our patreon community i'd miss you guys too much if we didn't do this yeah it would <laughs> it would be like because it would be all business right all business yeah, and so we want to make it more about um, combining the business and the fun, or business and pleasure, I guess you could call it. <laughs> Got um, the mullet. And what, a mullet? Yeah, business in the front, oh, party yeah. in the back. That's what it is, huh? It's, a yeah. mullet, it's business in the front, party in the back. Yeah, exactly. I forgot Perfect about way that. to describe our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I've like, got another in concerning Morningstar itself and, and that particular launch. It's funny, I'm both not looking forward to this and looking forward to it. I'll start with not looking forward to it. So I run the uh, ledger and the books for oh my gosh. Podcast. I'm going to kill you. You're the and, business. <laughs> and we're looking at voiceovers. And this actually pertains to the mailbag question that was asked that we uh, hit up last week. It was by Bookish Sounds, which is uh, Sharana Thorne in the, inside yes. of the Discord. And it was asking about upcoming eargasms. And our answer was unequivocally yes. You know, you're definitely going to get some amazing sound design and and some of the things that we have planned, I'm not going to go too far into it. We're still vetting some of it out, but it seems like we're going to throw down some serious coin for voiceovers. And we, I, I think there's also been some misconception that they're just like, we have this massive stable of friends who all have like acting chops. No, That's these not are the professionals. case. So yeah, we, we hire yeah, we, people. We actually hire people. So I'm not looking forward to uh, to the ledger. Oh my gosh. However, however. I'm looking forward to the hunt. Oh, the hunt's fun. Yeah. I, Finding the right actor, like the right Victor or the right, you know, whoever is really fun. The only fun moment is when you actually find them. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, it's going to be when, X money. Oh, that sucks. When you when you don't find them 99 times, it sucks. And then yeah. finally you're like, that's, that's Victor's voice. Uh, it's fun but, for me when you find the right one and show it to us. Mm -hmm, yeah. Yeah. Great. There you go. I do. I do a lot of the Sorry. hunting. Jeremy uh, is the hunt. Jeremy is the hunter. And I'm. So like how that process works is I can like everybody with, like, sees the front side of the mullet, right? Like that's the yeah. first thing <laughs> yeah, they see. <exactly. laughs> um like how that process works is like I come up with like, outlines and scripts or whatever that is, and then I then I pitch it over to the, to these guys, and then Jeremy again is the one who like, is going on the hunt for these these voice actors. And I think that I don't know what the count is right now, Jeremy, but I think I'm pitching at least thirteen to fifteen unique voices 
for characters that are inside Morningstar that we want to bring to life. We want to really like make this like this. Want to make this book? We made like parts of Golden Sun come alive, but we dabbled in it. We want to like we're going full. We're gonna to try to go full tilt with Morningstar and like try to bring this like this eargasm thing, as Sharon says, to the surface here. Well, keyword yeah. being pitching and also trying because this yeah, this exactly. episode just. Full disclosure, all of this is still very much in the works. We're, you know, for sure, th this is all conjecture. Like we want to do a lot of things, but it all does come down to like practicality. You know what I mean? And financial and, practicality. Right. Well, from like all resources, right? Time, money, everything. Right. So, so it's whatever we can do. We want to do as much as we can do with the resources that we have available. But so far, it's going to be hard to cut any of the ideas that are on the table from the, so, so we don't want to get too deep into like what all of those might be because we don't want, you know, some of it might not make it. To, to, and to also a lot some of it could change completely. Like exactly. we, we feel like we're like, it's Oh, like really. we're just hitting a different point and we're just like going to change or scrap something and add something different. Cause we did that all the time with golden sun. Mm -hmm. The fact is we weren't super prepared for some golden sun episodes. We just weren't, but, uh, and we just made up our minds on stuff like sometimes week to week. Like, I mean, I don't I think, think it's fair to say you weren't prepared. I think it was more like we weren't prepared for like having a better idea mid set. You know what I mean? It's like you're changing course. Like I felt like the ideas that got scrapped were good ideas until we realized, oh, there's a better way to do this. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, oh, what if we did it this way? And it was like, nah, that's garbage now. <laughs> like, yeah. like, it's like you get to that good <laughs> idea and you're like, ah, you know, I don't really want to do that. I was excited until I thought of this thing, you know? That's my whole life. <laughs> so long what you guys get mad at me for? I'm Can like, we oh, jump back over to Jeremy's way? like idea? Because I, I think, Jeremy, you were kind of getting to something, right? Like talking about like you, you were on a thread. Yeah, no, I, I was just going to talk about the positive side, which you, you guys actually elaborated on where uh, <laughs> Philip showed much more of his hand than I was going to. I was going to yeah. be far more vague about it. Uh, uh, sorry. And, no, it's all good. Simply, <laughs> and simply say that, that some of the outlines that I've read from Philip that incorporate the use of these voiceover actors, I'm all on board with spending the money, spending the time to find the right voice actor to bring these people to life. Because again, if these ideas are brought to fruition, it's going to be absolutely incredible. So talk about slapping. Yeah. Talk, talk about mean, bangers. And it's not, this isn't a vanity project. We love these books. Like we love these books. I'm kind of curious in the meantime, what other stuff do you guys want to do? Because I'm hungry for so much more content and I know the fans are. So what ideas do you guys have? Can we finally talk about YouTube? <laughs> we can talk about YouTube. <laughs> He's been like just nervously chatting his teeth. Like he's like, oh, don't go YouTube. I have it? no fingernails yeah, left. They promised. Yeah. They said I could have five minutes. <laughs> they promised. <laughs> Jeremy's been hung up on YouTube for a while. He's, no, a, he's a crush on it's YouTube. It's a good idea. Oh my gosh. I just see YouTube as, as such an amazing medium. Throughout, you know, two seasons now, coming up to the third, uh, bringing Mathar in, you know, we've brainstormed so many amazing things where when you really start talking about it and bringing it into reality, you suddenly have this realization of like, wow, that would be better on video. You know what? I, I think we can kind of go beyond this idea of Hail Reaper, you know, just being a podcast and being much more of just general content creators. I'm super excited about some of the ideas that we've come up with as far as YouTube content. I don't want to show my hand like Philip did. Uh, Jeez, earlier, sorry, guys. <laughs> so, 
I want to stay somewhat quiet about it, but uh, I'm just super excited. Mathar, what do you think? Well, there's one thing we can talk about, right? Like it's that we have already made a piece for YouTube and we played a board game together. We unboxed and played a board game together, right? So that's two pieces technically. Yeah. yeah. So technically we have two pieces of YouTube content that is not just a podcast. Like those won't even probably make it onto this feed, right? They'll be a completely separate thing. Exactly. So, so like we've started already. And it, I think it was pretty successful. I mean, we haven't like finished the piece, but engineering it, like producing it for me was like very successful. Like I thought it looked great. It felt great. And so I think the potential is there because like you said, it's um, the medium itself. I think it will bring new people to Red Rising, which is kind of like one of our main goals, right, is to bring bring more of this world to the masses. Absolutely. It's it's so difficult because the podcast already takes up so much time and energy. And yet <laughs> yeah. we're leaving so much, we're leaving money on the table. Like, you know, money is proverbial, but like, I think, you know, we're leaving so much opportunity on the table by not dipping our toes into those waters. And so, yeah, it's time. All right. I can feel it in the air. I know, Philip, this is the time. I can feel it coming where you're going to wrap up the podcast. And before you do that, we're trying pants on here. We're trying to see what, what fits, what works. Nice. We, we've tried this a couple of times about going and reading some Apple reviews, some five-star stuff and kind of bringing it in. And I want to throw it out there again. I want to look at a five-star review that I found that I really liked. And I want to read it out loud. What do you think? Go for it, dude. Yeah. All right. So this one comes from India, which is pretty exciting for me. And it is Avendello. And the name of the review is A Great Place for Red Rising Fans. Wait. And here's the review. Can I, before you get uh -oh. into it, I have a request. Nay, okay. a demand. Because you, oh you're the first past <laughs> editor, but I'm the final past editor. And uh, this is true. If you, are, <laughs> if you want this bit to stay in the show, <laughs> I, I'm, let me think. You said, um, what's the name of the review? A great place for Red Rising fans. Um, okay, so great place makes me think of The Good Place. Have you seen The Good Place? I've seen, like, I don't know, five or six episodes. I so, have seen commercials for it. Well, it's an amazing show. Everybody should watch it. But it makes me think of The Good Place. And so I want you to read it in your best Ted Danson impersonation. Can you give me your best Ted Danson while you read the review? I know what he sounds like. No, I can't yes. do a Ted Danson yep. impersonation. You have, you have to. You have to give me your best. So Ted Danson, he's very, I'm not going to do it for you, but like, just think of like, you know, when he's welcoming everyone into like the good place and he's just kind of like, he's very, um, you know, he's got like a, he's got a way about him. He's got, I, and I, you know what? It, this can be so awful, Jeremy. This is going to be a disaster. This is not Jeremy's me. bag at all. This is not Jeremy's bag. Please, I have to hear it. Don't make me cry. I'm in Phoenix. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> he's going to do disaster. it. I can tell he's going to do it. Do, no, I won't do it. No, I'm going to attempt not? it. That's far yeah, yeah, different yeah. than doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I, will not, I will not execute attempt. this properly. Attempt. All right. All right. Jesus. <laughs> I love you so much. <laughs> And I hate you back. Okay. <laughs> I recently got into Red Rising, and I haven't been able to separate it from my life ever since. And naturally, I had to find other fans as emotionally invested into the book series as me. I joined the Discord server and found this. It's a really awesome podcast. Philip and Jeremy are great to listen to and easy to understand, and frankly, 
The sound design is freaking amazing. Pat on the back for Catacomb Party and among the best sound designs in any podcast generally. I really like when they dramatize a certain portion of a chapter. It really takes me back to when you first read it and makes it fresh on your mind. And it makes the conversation so much more interesting. Beware of spoilers. As always, Hail Reaper. <laughs> that was so good. That's actually a really good Ted Danson. I'm not going to lie. Like when you were doing it, I was like, okay, yeah, this is Ted Danson in the good place. He, he's like very much like, guys, uh, uh, yeah, he has that energy. It's so good. So here's the deal. Avidello, reach out to us, DM us on Instagram or email us at hailreaperpod at gmail.com. I want to send you a bookmark Ooh. for writing an amazing five-star review. Fancy. So hit me up and I will get that out to you, regardless if you're international or what. We'll do it. Thank you for that review, Jeremy. Thank you for the writer of that review. Thank you for all the five-star reviews. We deeply appreciate those. They they help us a lot in the visibility of the show, but they just they confirm what we feel about like making the show. You know, we, we feel like we're proud of the work we do, but I don't want to make it too much about us. It's about the fans, about the community. Like we've been talking about. Uh, so much today. So again, thank you. We'll see you soon. Until then, hail Reaper. Hail Reaper. Hail Reaper. Hail Reaper is a production of Catacomb Party. Thanks to Pierce Brown for creating this universe. And thanks to all the contributors who make this show possible. We were engineered by Joshua Ramsey with editing and sound design by Mathar DeLeon. The bit of music you're hearing right now was written and produced by Sahab. If you enjoy what you hear, please take a moment to rate and review us on your podcast platform of choice. And follow at HailReaperPod on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube for updates, giveaways, and more. You can support the show directly by joining our Patreon community, where we issue monthly bonus content, exclusive artwork, and hang about with all the howlers in the Discord. Visit patreon.com slash HailReaper to learn more. This is Broadcast signing off. Until next time, hail the gory damn Reaper. Oh, my God.